Oh, that's right. We are back and better than ever. Marcus Taylor, Harry Vanderwood on the outside. Vanders, how are you? I'm certainly back, Marcus. I'm not sure about better. Um, better than ever. I'm better than ever. Yes. Well, you're doing much better. Out of lockdown, are you? Or no? Back in. Uh, I get so no, confused these so. days. Look, it's a yeah. You're right. It's it's a state of, sort of state of semi permanence. I tell you, the kicker is the fact it's not the lockdowns the kicker. It's the coming out of the lockdown. We take a long time to do that. That's that's what kills us. Yeah. Well, I probably shouldn't alienate too many people in lockdowns because that's about seventy percent of the country, and probably mm. ten of our 80% listeners. Eighty percent of our listeners. Well, oh, no. eight <laughs> listeners, all eighty percent. Yeah. <laughs> apologies if you're in lockdown. Yes, I do apologise, but uh, fortunately, we're going to give you twenty minutes of respite here and uh speaking of respite ben speaking of saving us from lockdown the olympics the olympics were good the olympics were fun why did people have fun this olympics i don't know i've not heard one single person say they didn't love the olympics Mm. obviously there was a bit of skepticism going in uh with some some of the japanese population not necessarily supporting it but the olympics was amazing um, and particularly that first week, I think, with the swimming, which as Australia, sort of some redemption there as Australians. And wow, there was so much entertainment. I was watching every day in and out. And uh, it was a massive success and even more so for the Australian Olympic team. It was, it was. And it wasn't even just the medals. Like you look at what was the, the I think the highest rated program was Pete Bowl, the 800 meter runner who, who ran fourth. And, you know, it was probably never going to win if you asked anybody that was educated about athletics. But he ran fourth, and that was that was the thing we watched the most. It was incredible just how enthusiastic we actually were for this. And, yes, winning helps. I'm sure winning helps. I'm sure the fact we've been a largely COVID-free nation so all our athletes could train does help. But, yeah, it was just nice to have some fun. And you know what? We'll remember this when Paris comes around and we're all saying the Olympics is rubbish. We'll remember this. Yeah, I think everyone sort of coming up to it with we're- skeptical about you know during COVID and the commercialization of the olympics blah 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 but then we realized the actual true traditional values of the olympics came through you know mateship helping each other mm. out just competing and there's some lovely photos lovely stories that came out um of the olympics um that, that everyone actually you know across the globe bonded during this difficult time so it was actually mm. exactly what we needed is what it felt like tales yeah exactly what we needed Let's just talk back at the Olympics. I'll tell you one Australian team that is mm. not doing well. Um, no one really yep. cares at the moment because it's overseas and it's T20 cricket. But the Australian cricket team is getting absolutely pumped by in, yeah. in T20 cricket. Just been beaten by uh, Bangladesh in a series. I think we've only won two out of our last 10 T20 games just before the World Cup later in the year. What's going on? Oh, look, it's not our strongest side and wickets and I don't know. There's a lot of excuses coming out of it, but there are two things coming out of it for me. One, the quality of the players. So this, I have been saying this for years. Here we go. The BBL is not, an, is not a competition capable of producing international cricketers. It's not. It never was and it never will be while there's club cricketers playing. Like the, You and I are basically the people rolling out there for seven or eight games. A season we could have made it i know i've made this point on the pod before Oof. but that's that's that is part of the problem the competition's not good enough and the i think cricket australia said it's not even the aim of the competition but the second part i think is is what you were saying just before that nobody cares why don't we care about the australian cricket team 
the Australian men's cricket team. Why don't we care? Is, is it just like we just completely invalidate because it's Bangladesh and West Indies? Well, look, no matter. Why don't we care? I mean, I, don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I personally just don't care about T20 cricket. So mm, then okay. the fact that it's overseas and not even here, I just don't care about it. The World Cup, I couldn't give a rat's. Maybe we should take this, our losing side, and just say, you know, we're not going to play T20 cricket anymore. Let's just go and no, play. Pull out entirely. Yes, cricket. Well, I've always said this, Tales. I've been a huge advocate for it, is T20 should be a club-only a club only competition. And then once every four years or whatever it is, have a, have a, a, uh, a country World Cup, have a national World Cup, all the countries. But other than that, it's all like sort of Premier League playing together, sort of like Champions yes, League. Yes, so in, like in U- European football. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind this. I don't mind this. Because My only thing is... Do we have the cash to compete? So will the Indians just end up out buying everyone? Or is there like, you can only have like, say, two imports. So for mm-hmm. example, yeah, you can only have two, like two, the two best players from South Africa can play uh, for an Indian team or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it would be hard to get the Indians on board with any sort of rules because um, money does, yeah, well, this is money does run, yeah. the, run the IPL over there. But yeah, look, I hadn't thought about it that much, but I just love that, you know, you're going to get more for a big bash game than you're going to get for a... T20 international. So why do we even bother? Let's just bloody turn it into a club competition and have a World Cup every four years. Yeah, I like this. This is strong. Talking on the, uh, you know, we can have our own big bash podcast, Mm. but talking on um, the cricket and the poor performance, you've got something for me about Justin Langer in the headlines again, possibly for the wrong reasons. Yeah, look, I've been really interested in the way this new story has been constructed. So whenever we lost the series to Bangladesh. I think we lost the third game. Uh, cricketers or on the cricket.com Twitter feed, there was a post about the Bangladeshis singing their song and the Australians clapping them because they won the series. And that went up and that's all fine and well and good. On uh, Wednesday night, a story came out that apparently uh, Justin Langer had sought out the social media person who had posted this and had ripped through him for posting that sort of stuff on the cricket, well, effectively the Cricket Australia site. Now, that in itself isn't, that, that doesn't trouble me too much. But what troubles me is the way the narrative by the media has been shaped. And it's been very, very clear that all the cricket journalists have said, oh, what, essentially, what a horrible person Justin Langer is. And this is further evidence of the flaws in his character that he would be upset by this and would seek out that stuff. Have you, uh, do you have any problems with him taking the actions that he did? Well, I've got, I guess my biggest question is, surely Cricket Australia have some sort of social media policy and the coaching staff, mm. apart from being asked to do interviews or asking if we can have, uh, asking if they can have players at certain times, the coaching staff should have mm. absolutely nothing to do with that policy. 100%. In my, my system. The other thing is though, is Justin Lane, what's he, is he doing it because he's upset that the video showed sort of um, camaraderie and good sportsmanship or what, what was his main issue with the video? I think it's just one of those ones where he probably wants that one in all in. You would know what this is like from working at, at Cricket Tasmania. When you're around the group, there's sort of that expectation that you're actually part of the team and that you're you're sort of one of them. Not not in a um, not in a sort of a peer sense, but you're you're part of that one organization. And so for everything that you do should align to that that organization. And, and I mean obviously Lang is huge on loyalty and always has been. Mm. So yeah. Um, yeah that's really interesting. Elite mateship. Yes, and he's obviously been in the news over the last of little while with his with his coaching and some issues with the players. So that'll be interesting to see what comes of that. He might be lucky that it was overseas um, these two tournaments and be okay from there. Mm-hmm.
and his troubling one during the week, uh, Taylor Walker and Robbie Young. Uh, Taylor Walker did a horrible thing, should know better. Well, it's, it's not even he should know better. I think we're well beyond even should know better at this point. But I wanted to ask you about the response that Adelaide and presumably Taylor Walker's manager came up with, with the, that one minute bit apology video. What did you think when you first saw it? Look, I first saw it, I actually watched it um, on ABC and with um, Tony Armstrong hosting. So ex Sydney mm-hmm. Swan Collingwood yeah. player, um, Aboriginal man. And he was just sort of saying that he's, you know, in the video text is sort of saying he's going to need to lean on, um, you know, mm-hmm. the AFL for support um, and everyone needs to support text. And he just made the point that well, that's not actually the way it should be. It should be, you know, tech supporting the Aboriginal community and everyone else for what he's sort of said and done. I thought that was a great, a great point. You know, mm. it's always sort of seems to be, and this is a point that Armstrong made that the Aboriginal community reaching out and making amends and building bridges and extending the olive branch. Um, and it was all about, you know, how, how sorry Tex is and how it's going to help him through it. And I really thought that actually spoke to me because you think that's not how it should be. And the video itself was awkward. I don't know if you've seen it, um, listeners, mm. but it's awkward. It feels very straight, staged and uncomfortable. And I'm just not sure that it was the uh, that it was the the best way. And there's you know responses through the through the week saying, well, what's he supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? But I just can't help but feel his manager and the Adelaide Footy Club had people to look at it and said, maybe this isn't the right tone. Let's let's try something else. I could see like the old PR people. I could see why they thought having Robbie there would help. Taylor and and I'm sure Robbie himself genuinely wants wants the best for Taylor and wants the best out of the situation. I, I think it's one of those ones that it didn't, if you were going to do a video, and I think he he needed to do something visually, needed to speak in some way, whether it's a press conference or not. He needed to do that by himself. So he absolutely needed to do that by himself. Uh, I think that would have been a much more appropriate response because then you could have gone, you know what, like this is absolutely. I've done the wrong thing. I've got no excuses. There are no excuses. And I'm sure there are going to be people that feel sorry for me, but you shouldn't because I've done the wrong thing. Something like something along those lines well, and just completely and utterly lay the blame on himself. And you're right. When he got into that thing about leaning on and educating again, it just, it just made it even worse. Yeah, like how many times do you need to be educated? You know, it's not a yeah. surprise. And the other thing, I mean, reports out of, of Adelaide, Crows was that that he wasn't necessarily ready for a press conference that that would be too mm. too difficult. In which case, you either think, well, you got to man up and cop it if it's difficult, or wait another wait a little bit longer and, and respond when you are ready and have a genuine you know do it once properly rather than than what's happened. So, yeah, I'm not sure it was the best response. I'm not sure how good it looked. No, I don't think it did. And and you're right, I don't think it was the, the best response, and it makes things even worse for him. Before we leave it, do you think that he plays at Adelaide again? Because I don't think he will. I, I don't think I don't understand how he could walk into that club again as a senior person and expect nothing to be wrong. No, I tend to agree. And is he going to play AFL again at all? Like, I mean, he's had a he's had a reasonable season this year after struggling. Um, Second in the Coleman. Last, yeah. So, but uh, I don't know. Like, who'd want to who'd want to touch him really? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, with it, it's hard to tell over, you know, have a year off from the game or whatever and see what happens. Um, and, you know, you don't want someone to be penalised for their whole life for, for, for that. But it's hard to see him walking back in, in anywhere, yeah. I would say.
Hales. Just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Teague fatigue. There is no Teague fatigue. In fact, everyone is very mm. awake, aware, and David Teague seems like he's on his very last legs at Carlton. He certainly does. He absolutely does. And, and what I've found very curious about this situation, Van, is, is obviously there's the reviews and the presidents and all that sort of stuff, is that everybody thinks that he's pretty much gone. Everybody thinks that he's kind of done. Has to be. Can't no kind of sack him right now, even though he is probably done. And that's a really interesting decision on their point. And I'm trying to work out why won't they sack him now? And I think, is, is it possible they simply won't sack him this week because it's Mark Murphy's 300th game? And obviously they've had that horrible situation with, with Sam Doherty uh, as well. He won't be around the club uh, for a while. So there'd be that sort of void of leadership there. Is there any other reason why they wouldn't tell him now that he is going? Do is it normal practice to tell a coach they're they're not going to coach beyond next season, but still let them coach out the last few games of the season? Well, I would have said initially you feel like no, but it does happen. It does happen that that somebody gets told they're they're not going to coach uh, they're not going to coach anymore. Yeah. I think of the famous example with Terry Wells, who could have gone to your sons. As your swans, rather. Well, I mean, yeah. They won't put the poor guy out of his misery. Yeah, sort of tell me that, you know, they probably have had that conversation with him and have just realised, you know, with Mark Murphy's 300th, with Doherty, there's just a little bit too much going on. There's two games to go. Let's just, let's just wait until until the end of the season. There's no need to put out too much too much news. And I don't, I don't think T could be offended by that, to be honest. We may be here in sort of three weeks with egg in our face, with Teague signing on for another contract. So. But... Uh, yeah. But you need look, a steak on your face, my friend. It's a little reference to my sporting black eye for the listeners. Tails, mm-hmm. they can't, they can't actually see us. So, I need to explain. Well, they can. Thanks to our new video pod. <laughs> video on uh, you're right. vlog. Yes. We digress. <laughs> Teague won't be there next season. End. Now, Van, uh, we're heading into hot take territory. I believe I'm still ahead. I think I got three right through the Olympics. So I think it's like 6-3 at this point. It's 3-2 Van uh, Which is great news for me. 3-2 uh, Van not, not quite 100% sure that is actually the case. Now, before we move on to this week's hot takes, I was going to do something around, is this bad karma? Is it bad karma to say that Dan Hanbury won't get through this week's game or not? It is. He's playing it's- his first game in 10 months. It is incredibly bad karma. Um, you should feel ashamed of yourself. You're an awful yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. And I am. And I know you enjoy it. Look at you, big smile on your face. He has a huge <laughs> smile on his face. <laughs> this is why I refuse to do a video call. We'll get injured. Um, no, go for it, Tails. Is that your hot take? Doesn't get through his first game back. No, no, it's not. It's not my hot take. It's not my hot take for this week. My hot take this week is that St Kilda and Richmond will be in the eight by the end of this weekend. Is that hot or is that not hot enough? No, that's Wilson hot. I think, got this no, no, I think that's hot. I'm happy with that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it's, it's, maybe it's a microwave take. No, I think that's fine. I think that's a, a reasonable reasonable take. We'll take anything in these days. Tails, my hot take is that Toby Green will escape his ban Ooh. on the Ooh. appeal of the appeal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so at the AFL's appeals board. So we shall see for that one. A lot of people seem to be a little grumbly um, mm-hmm. that they think Victoria hates Toby Green. Um, well, I don't think it's a great look he's hit, but I certainly think that there's some inconsistencies. You know, Buddy Franklin's elbow, for example. Um, mm. And I've never, it's never sat that well with me that suspension should be based on um, outcome of, of the act. And you can get lucky from someone breaking their jaw or someone not even being hurt. I think that's a strange, strange thing that the uh, Tribunal Match Review Panel does. So I'm not a fan of that. Mm. I agree. I agree, Vanders. I, uh, I do like that take. And uh, I think you will be right. But it'd be interesting to see how we go. Any other business before we go? I do have some business for you, Tails. I just want to put Ooh, a little bit of pressure on you. Pressure on you live on air. I hate uh, being pressured. On go the on. outside, we'll be coming shortly to a variety of streaming channels because Tails and I are going to put our finger yeah. out. Possibly even a new sexy logo coming <laughs> soon. So, Tails, you're on notice. The Olympics is done Damn. now, my friend. The Olympics is done. Get moving. Time to step it up. Time for us to start taking this seriously because that's what the listeners deserve. Mm. All three of them. <laughs> Shout out to mum. Uh, all right. In that case, uh, we'll leave it there and we'll come back next week for more on the outside. Catch gotcha. up.